Hello, hello, beautiful people. Welcome to 321 No Kidding. Bobby the Awesome here with you today. And we are going to cover step one of the GA program. So we're going to have our little mini meeting where I talk to myself and hopefully, hopefully you'll be having a meeting in your car or wherever you're listening and join me with your thoughts on this. This is actually my second attempt at recording a step one show. The first one I really wasn't crazy about, so you're not going to hear that one. At least not today. I was thinking that maybe somebody down the road, I have uh, a podcast bloopers because there's some stuff I haven't shared with you guys yet that is either pretty entertaining or pretty sad. Depends on how you look at it. In hindsight, what I am thinking the reason that that show isn't the one that I shared is because there's something I I discovered today. Actually, it's pretty unfortunate. I I just woke up from a nap. Not that you need all those details, but I saw on Facebook that we lost another person from high school, another person that was a year younger than me. So I'm 45. Um, I believe Tracy was 44. And this isn't too far after um, losing another girlfriend, Mandy. And it just blows my mind that these girls are dying so young. You know, I, I could imagine being, say, my parents' age and you start losing friends or even the generation above that. You know, it's kind of the norm. But in our 40s, it's pretty scary. So... As we talk about step one today, and, and since it's the beginning, right, if we're, we're trying to decide, am I a compulsive gambler or am I, you know, I'm going to use an alcoholic as an example in some of the conversation today. But as we're thinking about that and, and thinking about can we have a better life or does recovery give us a better life, I want you thinking about how quick life can be over, you know, not, I'm not telling you to come from a place of fear, but I know for me, I don't like to take things for granted. I'm pretty happy overall with my life. I feel like I do most things that I want to do. I prioritize how I'm going to do things by frequency. It's, it's just part of, you know, if I'm going to miss a once a quarter thing or a once a week activity, obviously I'm going to miss the thing that I can do every week. So I kind of live my life that way and, and I challenge you to make sure that, you know, you're living your completest life. And as someone who had a life full of gambling and chaos and drama for a really long time, I can tell you that when we put the addiction to sleep and, and, when I'm working on the things I need to be working on, life becomes just so beautiful and there's so much more to look forward to. So those two sweet ladies, you know, it's freaking, it, it sucks. Um, I don't know the details, but it just, it just sucks. So, <sighs> okay, on to step one. We're going to explore step one together using GA literature, both the working and writing the step books. So to start, I'm going to share with you how they explain step one in the 
working the step book. So to kick us off, step one is we have admitted we admitted we were powerless over gambling, that our lives had become unmanageable. We at Gamblers Anonymous believe our gambling problem is an emotional illness, progressive in nature, which no amount of human willpower can stop or control. We have facts to support this belief. We believed at one time or another that all our problems could be solved with a big win. Some pathetically, even after making a big win, found themselves in worse trouble within a short period of time. We continued to gamble. We found we had risked loss of family, friends, security, and job. We still continued to gamble. We gambled to the point where it resulted in imprisonment, insanity, or attempted suicide. We still continued to gamble and were unable to stop. We fell victim to a belief that if only our financial problems could be solved, we would be able to stop gambling or even be able to gamble like normal people. Many times we swore we would not gamble again, believing that we had the willpower to stop gambling. We believed a lie. We believed we had the power to stop or control our gambling. Our inability to honestly look at our gambling problem enabled us to continue to gamble. In spite of all the evidence from our past, we still denied the truth of our gambling. Upon entering Gamblers Anonymous, we must develop the ability to honestly look at our gambling. This is the first step in our process of recovery. Without honesty, we cannot admit our powerlessness over gambling. We must honestly accept, admit, and unconditionally surrender to this powerlessness in order to proceed with our recovery. Any reservations we had or may presently have that we can gamble again means we still believe we are not powerless over gambling and that we have not admitted or accepted our powerlessness. Either we have power over gambling or we don't. To those members who have difficulty with admitting their powerlessness over gambling, they should write about their gambling and the destruction their gambling has caused and their countless futile attempts to stop gambling. You can use the 20 questions as a guide. Only the awareness and the acceptance of the hopelessness, helplessness, and desperation of our situation as compulsive gamblers can we develop the open-mindedness required for step two. This step really makes me think about both times that I stopped gambling the first time was when I had lost my rent money and was alone in Kansas City and I really quit that time because I was scared um, my I was powerless right because if I was using my brain and being responsible I wouldn't have lost the amount of money I did and put myself in that predicament and my life wasn't manageable because I was choosing and my famous air quotes are coming out right there choosing to gamble instead of doing the things I was supposed to, which was work and do a good job out there. And that fear lasted, you know, well over two years. So I won't say that it was a bad thing, but in that, in that circumstance, that was kind of the driving factor was I was afraid of what would happen if I gambled again. And so be it, it kept me clean for a while. The second time was as I was not knowingly, but getting ready to exit Kansas City after my relapse of a year, that that 2016 haze or blur or whatever we're going to call it really showed me how powerless I was over gambling. I went, I started back with um, a free voucher you know, I felt like I was winning because during that over two years clean, every every week the mailbox I would get 
you know, more and more dollars of free play and, until finally I just couldn't stand it anymore. And it just it just played on my subconscious. And when I was ready to go back, it, it was very easy to justify because I had all that free play. Where it's unmanageable is my thinking and the powerlessness of thinking that I'll walk in with the free play and I'll just get back some of what they, you know, took from me before I quit. While I'm on this topic about the male and the free play, if you're in, in recovery from gambling, whether it's five days, five minutes, or five years, if you still have casino or gambling communications coming to your real mailbox or your inbox, uh, if you're still getting fed that, I strongly, strongly recommend that you sever those ties. Every time, again, Bobby's not a scientist, but my understanding through my learning is every time we get those free play coupons or get those offers, the, the free this and the free that, that's all leaving like a mark on our brain and it's staying there until finally it resonates or finds us at a weak enough time that we decide to to give in to that. So instead of building up all the avenues for the disease to kind of break in and inspire us to to go back, I just strongly suggest, you know, sign yourselves out. The reading I just shared with you really talks about all the circumstances and how we continue to just keep going back, whether, you know, we risk losing our friends and family or our jobs or having the mental capacity that once we get win more money that it'll be solved and that we can gamble normally. I, I hate to ruin it for anybody who might be a self-defined compulsive gambler. We, we can't ever gamble again I believe I told you guys the pickle theory so once we've crossed over to being a pickle from a cucumber we'll just never be able to gamble responsibly I, I believe that a hundred percent so it's it's scary but it's true the other thing that kind of called out to me was we gambled to the point that resulted in imprisonment insanity or attempted suicide so as you've heard from a couple of my other guests, that that, you know, attempted suicide is a real thing. We haven't gotten this far in my interviews. However, there is about a half a dozen people that I know that have either dealt with or are dealing with imprisonment, imprisonment as a result of gambling. And this is just my little circle of life and and that's scary and and I've watched you know I've watched I was in the courts in the courtroom the day that one of them got sentenced and, and we didn't know that was going to be you know the last time we saw her for a few years luckily you know she did all the right things and and is is like a pillar in our community and an amazing example now and we're currently watching another one that has to go to weekends, you know, to prison on the weekends. And and she'll tell us, you know, it's like reliving it every Friday. She knows she has to go back and, and the guilt and all the stuff that's associated with that. Now, it has its purpose. Don't get me wrong. You know, hopefully in the end she'll come out 
stronger and and these reminders will set her up hopefully to not ever go back which may in turn save her life we don't we don't know how the story plays out but just sitting on the sign lines and watching her go through this is pretty the other ga booklet that i'm using as a point of reference today talks about the cycle of unmanageability so some of the things that we just keep doing over and over and, and feeling over and over again in in our in our cycle of behaviors and and when we're gambling it speaks to you know chasing the winds and having the emotional highs and then trying to recoup our losses feeling the frustration the emptiness and then chasing the winds and emotional highs again so we go through that that circle of life and then aside from gambling some of the feelings that we we go round and round with are you know needing to escape needing that time out being defensive and manipulative and lying lying to the people in our our lives and to ourselves then the justification and the the self-pity you know poor me then we go into isolation have the denial and and no emotions which then creates no self-esteem which then we need to escape and take a time out again so we go in these circles of feelings and i'm here to tell you that the circles work the other ways too if if we wake up today and we don't place a bet the good stuff starts happening uh, not overnight but but the cycle changes and the circles then become I'm not placing a bet I feel a little better today and maybe because I'm not betting I speak to someone that maybe I wouldn't have normally spoke to which then in turn gives me the self-confidence and then the self-confidence then perpetuates me not making another bet the next day and I'm making this up as I go along just so you know but to kind of see that the positive breeds the positive and the negative breeds the negative and it's hard it's it's no different than when we're trying to you know lose weight and exercise you know or eat better if we do a good job of it it becomes easier to do a good job you know if we're on a good exercise routine then we might sleep better if we sleep better then it's easy to get up early the next day to go exercise again so we know that there's circles in life that come in all kinds of in all kinds of ways i imagine as we look at step one depending on where we are in life we might have different perspectives and I want to just share my gambling perspective versus my drinking perspective on step one. And the reason I want to do that is because I think that maybe there's people out there that are having the same questions around their gambling that I'm having around my drinking. So the powerlessness and unmanageability when it came to gambling, it was very, very black and white for me especially when I I was changing my personality at work and my behaviors and financial and just how closed off I was and knowing that I could never leave the casino, you know, without spending every last dollar or whatever. It was just so black and white. 
that I had a problem, that I was powerless, and it was unmanageable. So that's, that's how I feel about gambling. But you might be out there wondering, well, I don't feel powerless, or I don't think my life is unmanageable. You know, I still am paying the bills, and I still am not living at the casino. I might just stay an hour extra, but there might be questions that it's not black and white for you. And that's the reason I say I can compare it with my drinking is it's kind of how I feel as I explore it. So when I first was getting ready to go to treatment, I had been at that time, if I wasn't gambling, I was drinking. I was probably at the bar like seven days a week. And since changing my life the last couple of years it continues to the frequency and stuff continues to diminish and I see less value and in the last year even more so um, there was a couple nights that I clearly drank too much and my behavior was clearly inappropriate and people told me so so that would be one of the reasons I look at it at any rate I'm asking myself those questions. Is my life unmanageable? Am I powerless over alcohol? And as I sit here, I actually lost track. I'm at 28 or 29 days. I'm, I'm doing this prep work for my trip to Asia. But I don't, I don't find that I'm missing it. But, and I was actually, I was really scared of, a couple circumstances where I was wondering, you know, can I can I still have fun? Is this going to be all right without alcohol? And and what I learned was I had an even better time so far the last month uh, without it. You know, it's been fine. There was a one or two days that it kind of bothered me, more so just because I wanted to go out to eat and I was afraid that if I went out to eat, I would order a drink because it's just like a habit thing. So. I'm deep diving this and I'm sharing this with you because I feel like it's a big part of my recovery. You know, I want to be living my best complete life. And if there's things that are holding me back from that, I need to explore it. And now that I feel like I'm in a, a decent enough place, I still work on my recovery every single day for gambling. But I feel like I can tackle new issues if they are issues. But the point is, the point is, you might be out there asking yourself some of those same questions. You know, you might be able to gamble and pay your bills without debt or just do things where it doesn't feel like it's impacting your life. And I just want to share with you things that didn't come to fruition or that none of us, I shouldn't say none of us, but a many of us talk about things that we recognize now that we didn't even know were a problem before. You know, one of my friends continually talks about being present with his children and, and like having his brain and, and hearing the whole conversation. Our relationships start changing. You know, I, I've been so grateful for the conversations that I have with people now. It's not you know, a simple hi, how you doing, and, and boring stuff. I'm having a lot more meaningful dialogue, and I'm learning a lot about people in my life because I'm more open to it now. They might have had the same stuff going on for the last 10 years, but when I was in my own way, why would they tell me? Why would they trust me with their 
feelings or their secrets or their, you know, their lives because I wasn't listening anyway. So all of that is, is part of, in my opinion, things to consider and look at when looking at step one. I can tell you for sure that cigarettes, that is a problem, right? I'm still on the fence about the drinking thing, but cigarettes, I can tell you my life is unmanageable and I'm powerless because my car brings me to the store to buy the cigarettes. My car stinks. I have yellow fingernails. Like all those things to me are creating unmanageableness. Um, and I resent that one. And I'm, I'm working on that one too. We're on day two. Uh, again, you know, probably for the 10,000th time. What I just did there is exactly why I say that three, two, one, no kidding is about heightening awareness around gambling addiction. But just addiction in general is. A monster no matter what kind it is so I hope that talking about step one was helpful for everyone just trying to understand it if you are powerless and your life is unmanageable you know know that you're not alone and know that it's not a character defect it is it is the addiction it is the disease and there's a lot of options to get help out there. I think one thing that's consistent when we talk about step one in just about any meeting I've ever been in is that we equate it to surrender. So surrender is the topic of my two positive quotes for today. And, and because I found two that I thought were so good, that's why you're getting a bonus quote. So the first one comes from the words of Ann Taylor. I surrender. It doesn't mean I give up. It just means I trust that all is in divine order and I let go of my own need to control everything so that I can make space for miracles. Love that. And the other one, I guess, was a Twitter quote. That was the only uh, reference I could find. But it says, surrendering doesn't mean giving up. It means leaning in hashtag embrace yourself so I totally believe in that once once you relinquish want for me once I relinquish thinking I can control gambling and and truly surrendered to the fact that it was out of my control in that context and that I was powerless over it and it was making me crazy once I surrendered to all that ideas all those ideas That's when the healing begins. That's when I got on this path to where I'm at now. You know, happy, more fulfilled, still learning. But overall, this this sense of peace that I never had when I was gambling. Thank you for taking time out of your day to spend it with me. I appreciate all my beautiful people. And until next time.